The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. It's electrified. Boogie, boogie, boogie. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie into the forest. Boogie. Boogie, woogie, woogie through the mud. Or boogie, woogie, woogie to work, where you boogie, woogie, woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Then you boogie, woogie, woogie to the elevator as he boogie, woogie, woogies after you, begging, please, take me with you. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Learn more at jeep.com. Jeep is the registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Tom Felton on his life and career in the wizarding world. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. And yes, we have one of the key members of the Harry Potter franchise, Tom Felton, surprisingly has never done the podcast before, though I have talked to Tom many, many times over the years. He is a, uh, a great guy. I consider him a friend. He's somebody that uh, kind of grown up with. Well, I was a grown up when I met him, but he was, he was barely a grown up. Now he's a full-fledged adult male and I'm an elderly man, but that's okay. We're still friends. Uh, I'm so proud and happy of Tom uh, for Tom because he has a new book out that is delightful. It's called Beyond the Wand and it tells of his life and career um, in and around the Harry Potter films. So we'll get to that in a second, uh, uh, but that is the main event coming up, me and Tom Felton. Um, other things to mention, well, there's a lot going on, guys. M many of you probably checked out last week's episode. If you haven't yet, uh, go into the podcast feed and check it out. Henry Cavill, uh, that conversation exploded on the interwebs. Uh, that was Henry's first uh, public conversation since his uh, return as Superman. And um, proud to say, I think it was uh, it was a great it was a great chat. People seem to really dig it. I'm so thrilled that people were, received it so well. It got a ton of press, but most importantly, people really loved seeing Henry happy and Henry back as Superman. So um, thanks for all the kind words. And if you haven't checked it out, uh, go back and check it out. Um, it's also available, I should say, as are virtually every podcast episode of Happy Sad Confused in video form on the YouTube channel. So the, our YouTube channel, we launched just a couple months ago. And admittedly, I'm probably uh, 10 years late on YouTube <laughs> because I'm crazy that way, but better late than never. And we just passed the other day, the 10,000 subscriber mark. And I'm so excited about that. Uh, if you have not given it a, uh, a chance on YouTube, uh, what's stopping you? It's totally free and you get to enjoy uh, video clips, full episodes, all sorts of fun stuff from the archives and new episodes of Happy, Sad, Confused and all my stuff. Uh, go to youtube.com, youtube.com if I can speak correctly, slash Josh Horowitz. I'll put it in the show notes. Again, that's youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz. And as always, if you want the early access, the first information, the first access to everything, the bonus game night episodes, the bonus live episodes, that's where Patreon is your friend, patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. Uh, you get to ask questions of folks, you get merch, all sorts of cool stuff. That's where all the cool kids go, Patreon. Um, and that, that, in fact, brings me back to this episode. So this episode with Tom Felton 
was a live episode of Happy, Sad, Confused done virtually <clears throat> for the Patreon crowd. So we've done this a few times. We did this with Graham McTavish. Uh, we did this with Jamie Campbell Bauer. Uh, and they're really fun to do. They're basically the same kind of Happy, Sad, Confused episode, except we have a small, intimate Patreon-only audience that gets to uh, watch and contribute questions. Um, so, yeah, we taped this the other day, and now it's going to be available for all of you guys to listen to and watch if you so uh, are inclined. We have another live episode for the Patreon crowd uh, that has not been announced yet, but it's going to be next week, I believe, with somebody that is very familiar to the Game Night crowd. I think you guys will enjoy that. Um, so that's coming up. Also coming up, our next live event in New York City is um, with a legend. It's, I couldn't be more excited about this. Someone who has never done the podcast, someone who I've done very little with, but I consider one of the formative actors, superstars of my childhood, Sylvester Stallone. Yes, if you're in New York City, November 11th is the day Sylvester Stallone and I are going to be chatting about his new TV show, Tulsa King. Also, there will be Terrence Winter, the showrunner. This is a, I mean, amazing guest in his own right, screenwriter behind Wolf of Wall Street and many other things. Uh, but the main event, Sly Stallone. So that is going to be a special night. Uh, click in the show notes if you want to purchase tickets live, uh, virtually or in person. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's one to mark on the calendar. We have some other live events coming up. I can't announce just yet, but there will be at least, I would say, two to three others in November and December coming up. Um, and those are always a blast. Uh, last week alone, we did Henry. We did Ralph Macchio, which will be available on the podcast feed soon. Um, so, yeah, the live events. Keeping me, keeping me alive, guys. Keeping me active and excited to see your bright shining faces your enthusiastic applause it just adds a whole nother dimension to the podcast and i really really dig it uh what else could i mention to tease you guys oh i know a couple things uh black panther wakanda forever i can say i've seen it and i can say it's awesome um not surprising ryan coogler an amazing talented filmmaker uh truly an emotional tribute to chadwick boseman but also um shines uh, a light on these this amazing ensemble and a new character played by Tenoch Huerta um, as Namor, uh, who's kind of the antagonist of the film, someone to keep your eye on. Uh, so that's, co that's coming out next week, I believe, for all of you to see. I highly recommend it as if you needed my endorsement on that. Um, I did interview Ryan Coogler for MTV. So that will be out, I believe, right around the release of the film. Also chatted with Millie Bobby Brown for Comedy Central. We had a fun time, played some games. Uh, that will be up, I believe, the end of this week, which is when Enola Holmes 2 comes out, uh, also starring Henry Cavill. Look at it, guys. It's a full circle. It all gets connected in the end. Uh, so that's a snapshot of where I'm at, all the things going on in the Josh Horowitz universe, all the information on the live shows, the Patreon, the YouTube. It's all in the show notes. Check it out there. Okay, uh, you're about to hear me and Mr. Tom Felton. Please note you're going to hear this uh, in the context of it being taped as a live episode for the Patreon crowd, but you're not going to even really notice. It's a conversation between two old buds talking about all things Harry Potter, 
uh, and his life and career. The book is fantastic. It's called Beyond the Wand. It's an easy, fun read. Uh, and it gets into some, you know, some interesting real stuff, too. I mean, uh, Tom talks, there's a chapter in the book, a chapter or two, about his uh, uh, journey into rehab towards, uh, in, in more recent years. Um, and he's just, he's, he's a great guy. He obviously, you can wear a, uh, a character like Draco and a franchise like Harry Potter differently. Some people let it burden them, drag them down. But Tom has really embraced it, embraced the fandom, and made it um, made it just a, a, a an asset in his life. And I and I love to see that. And he's in a great place. He just did a play in London, uh, and always has lots of cool stuff going on. So always rooting for the sky. Pick up his book Beyond the Wand, and uh, enjoy my conversation with the one and only Mr. Tom Felton. A big welcome to Mr. Tom Felton. Tom, uh, thanks for doing this, man. It's good to see you, buddy. Thanks, Josh. It's all right. It's all right. It's all a bit surreal, isn't it? But yeah, no, thanks for having me on. You're an official author. You've added this to your list of many accomplishments. Um, and uh, as I told you uh, a couple of weeks back, I uh, I read your book. It's amazing, man. Here it is for those <laughs> that are watching. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to do it. Yeah, and well, you you you're. You're part of it in a way, aren't you? As far as um, as far as I don't remember when the first time we spoke, but I was definitely in the in the early Potter years. So it's uh, uh, it means a lot to me that you that you read it. So thanks. No, it's it's a great read, and and, and the highest compliment I can give is it uh, it felt like a conversation with you. I heard you in my in my head as I was reading it, and it's uh, it's uh, this doesn't feel like someone else, you know, dictated the stories of Tom Felton. It's uh, it's your voice, man, and it's it's a good one. It's nice um, to hear. It's nice to hear that you can vouch for that because you've had enough. You've had enough conversations with me uh, over the years, but that's that's kind of how the book is obviously intended to be because um, it's all basically my scraps of paper that I've kind of put together over the last ten years. So to hear that from the um, the horse's mouth that it that it that it sounds uh, authentic is. It's good. It's good to hear from you, buddy. You just called. You just called me a horse right off the bat. You just you're. This is the, the, <laughs> it's a, an expression. <laughs> <laughs> for those of us, uh, for those folks watching live, um, there is a button that says "Ask a Question." If you want to ask a question of Tom, please do so. Uh, but I've got more than enough because I've known this guy for a long, long time, and uh, it's it's really fun to go on the journey with folks like you, man, to see the the ups and the downs, and to see you in in a good place um, and reveling in in all things Potter in this way. It's like I've talked to so many yeah. people that are, that are so so tied to these iconic franchises and it's it's a complicated relationship for folks and i feel like you are like the template for how to how to just kind of make peace with what's <laughs> an insane overwhelming um not a burden but it, I mean, it is a burden i mean there's not a day that goes by where potter is not a part of your life safe to say where it's not referenced 20 times a day when you're walking around it definitely is brought up every day. It doesn't help if you've got a Slytherin phone case. Or, <laughs> uh, um, but uh, yeah, no, it does. It comes up every day. Um, and I don't think anyone saw, I know when we finished filming, there was a, a, a sadness and a real sense that, that not that, not that Potter was going anywhere, but the fandom or that the levels of, of sort of um, crazy fan exposure that we'd had would slowly start dwindling down over the years and we finished over 10 years ago um so to see even where it's gone from there the fact that it's the, the stories and the films are being passed down from one generation to the next none of us saw that coming so i i'm i get used to the the new fandoms 
every day but i am definitely in a, in a lucky enough position to say that um i think it's <laughs> i think it's awesome <laughs> That's the right attitude, I would think. I mean, like, so we first started to talk towards the end of this of the of the films. I, I mm. spoke to you in the last few, and I'm just curious. I'm, I, you know, for young for young men and women that have to navigate that world, I'm just curious, like, what it was like for you handling press over the years. Like, were you media trained? Were you the were you the good boy on the press on the press you, circuit? Or you you were you were a more pleasant memory that I have of my <laughs> early, earlier. Uh, no, actually, you really, you really did. You and uh, and Ben Lyons were the first two, um, like media people, shall I say, that didn't feel like I was on the news or part of some old DVD DVDs uh, extras type um, thing. But no, not really any 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 official media training. I learned a lot of my um, um, how to interact with with people um like that on 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 junkets really um where you sit in these these hotel rooms and they and they have a, a new journalist come in every seven minutes and i know you know this world very well josh um and it's very hard to actually have a decent connection or, or a conversation with anyone because you just have the such limited time um so you often find yourself just saying the same thing over and over and over again <laughs> But uh, in rare occasions, in rare occasions, you do get a chance to um, to see the same person a few years in a row, um, and you build up a rapport, and, and you, you I think you sort of train yourself to 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 say the say the same thing, but in different ways, <laughs> in as many different ways as possible. And and then coming out of so again, like the, I remember the in particular the last few films, and what a what a capper it was. I remember covering the premiere here in New York. I'm yeah. sure there were a few premieres. Did you, Take me back to that headspace when it was over. Like, were you prepared for the next chapter? In retrospect, would you have done anything differently to prepare yourself either from a emotional or career perspective to better handle it? Or did you just handle it as best you possibly could, you think? Oh, crikey. You said you were going to go gentle. <laughs> um it's, it's it's very hard to say. The last day of the last days of filming were obviously just difficult and awkward in a British way of everyone trying to say goodbye to each other. Um, the last premiere I remember, especially the one, well, the two, the one in London and the one in um, in, in New York, were such celebrations. There were such um, we weren't just even celebrating the, f the one final film. We were celebrating all the fans. Um, that had come and supported them over the years. So it felt like a really, really good way to say uh, goodbye. And there was something very, very, um, well, bittersweet, obviously, but something really, really beautiful that we got to do it in, do it in style. Um, take more pictures. That's always the advice that I would give them the younger version of Tom. Just take a few more pictures. Um, oh, yeah, I'll there aren't like... enough pictures of you from back in those days. <laughs> there are very few if you look on the internet. Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> it's it you know it's it's often cited, but I I would agree with this assessment that like the casting of the core cast of Potter is just it's one of the miracles in, in modern filmmaking. <laughs> um, but both in terms of just like great actors for the right parts, but also good and decent human beings. And I'm referring you know in particular to talking about you know you and, and, and Rupert and Emma and Dan, uh, folks that you know, all very different, different temperaments. And I have different, yeah. it's funny, like I have like very different kind of rapports and relationships with each of you because you all are, all are very different from each <laughs> other. But, you know, to a man, you've all handled this very well, like all things considered. 
as well as can be expected, I would say. And do you when you, when you look at your your group, that group, how much of that is just dumb luck of them just uh, or or how much of it is I don't know the way these movies were made, the 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 things that were said to you over the years. I mean, why did this group kind of come out so sane? <laughs> And relatively well adjusted. You, you do quite uniquely know us all individually uh, and grown up with it. You should be doing a book. You should write, write the chapter for this. The lost. <laughs> the sequel. The sequel. <laughs> the paperback. Okay. Beyond I'm ready. the Wand 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's my, comp- my competing book. <laughs> Um, I, it's, yes, it's a, it's a great question. It's a big question and it deserves a, it deserves a big answer. Um, I think the casting, the initial casting, um, none of us, none of the cast would get angry at me saying that, um, that none of us were particularly talented. Uh, we were just, we were at the right stage of our, um, like acting development and we would, and we looked the right, we looked the right way and, uh, and we weren't, we weren't too shy. I think the, the, the biggest a contribution to the fact that um fingers crossed like touchwood none of us have turned up to be um to be um maniacs really and we've all sort of managed to enjoy all of this is the uh the company that we kept uh was constantly around us um chris columbus obviously set the tone he's the one that uh di- well that, that directed the first two films but he also he basically cast us together and put together um you know, a group of kids that weren't necessarily particularly talented in the acting world, but they melded um, and they they melded together really well and were and were able to create all these different characters. One of the stories that I've written about in the book is uh, so Chris Columbus did this trick or tried this trick, where there's like twenty kids together and he'd say, "Okay, I'm just going to leave you guys for a second. We're going to go talk over here," and 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 the producers and whatnot would go into one corner. And the other guy was still holding the boom mic, like, you know, the huge boom mic over our head. So I knew exactly what was going on. <laughs> um, and uh, and this little brush, brushy-haired girl came up to me and was like, what's that? And I looked at her very arrogantly and said, it's a microphone, you idiot. What do you think it is? Uh, and I met this. I'm pretty sure they heard that, and I'm pretty sure that... Uh, helped me get the part of uh of draco malfoy it also turns out that i saw that girl two months later uh, and her name was emma watson <laughs> and so we didn't get off to the greatest uh... <laughs> um safe to say the relationship has improved since yeah. then <laughs> slightly she didn't hold it against me too bad so. <laughs> can, can you give me a sense without revealing look i mean these are personal relationships i don't expect you to divulge too much but like Again, like I have these, you know, much lesser extent relationships with each of these folks. You have different kinds of relationships with each of these actors, these young people uh, that you grew up with. Um, I'm curious, like, so like your relationship to Dan, like my sense is like Dan, it's always like, what's up? What's like keeping up with Dan, keeping up with the latest, like cool project with Dan. Like what's what's your relationship with Dan? And then Rupert obviously is a dad now. Emma has a very special place in your heart. Can you give me a yeah. sense of sort of the different kind of dynamics we're all, between the we're, yeah. we're all close friends, uh, I suppose, in a nutshell. I'm trying to go back in my memory of when I last saw them all. Um, Weasley twins. I played golf with the Phelps Phelps twins um, uh, about a week ago. And don't, eat, don't ask who won because... <laughs> Didn't end too well there for me, as it never does. They're very good. Uh, I saw I saw Daniel recently. Um, yeah, we see each other. We see each other a lot. I'm a huge uh, admirer of how 
different we all are really as as characters but yet put us all back in one room when we did the uh, 20 year anniversary we did this classic sort of british five minute awkward reunion thing of going like hey all right and then it was just straight back into what, what it was always what had always been like uh, completely effortless um so that was so we're rarely in the same we're rarely in the same room at the same time but when we when we are it's pretty effortless um i'm a huge admirer of uh daniel for his for his uh well just for his for who he is but also for his work like all of his theater work um his choice in in films the stuff that he actually puts his name to i'm always excited to see what he's going to do next um which is uh it's a cool thing to be one of his biggest who would have who would have thought drake home alfoy saying that i'm one of potter's biggest cheerleaders <laughs> what's happened you, Josh? You you betrayed, betrayed your bloodline how dare yeah. you good god <laughs> um have you seen weird al yet have you seen the weird al movie no no i was just thinking uh, have you oh good yeah is it? it's amazing okay i look i look forward to it uh so that, that's another exciting one to go to yeah and and emma emma and rupert um I mean, I see them all as and when I can. Emma was a big inspiration for me to um, to finish the book, actually, and not just tell the um, just the small stories or the short, the short, the shorter version of the stories, because um, a lot of these started from like scraps of paper that I come right. I come off stage from the Comic Con, um, which we've seen each other at as well, and uh, the aren't the the stories would flesh out a little bit more in my head, so I'd quickly take that to a a uh, piece of paper and um yeah she was she, once she read those pieces of paper and and, and laughed her ass off she said that i should continue writing more so uh, that's kind of that's kind of a nice nice encouragement and i'm very she, glad she, forward. she wrote a a lovely foreword were you mm. worried when you got when you got the the file we're like oh god what did she say what, what no she say? no i didn't even read it to be honest with you i just was grateful i mean i i did once it was in there but i was just very grateful that she would um that she would even consider it but um yeah, they were very, very touching words. So she also, as I understand it, encouraged you, as you say, beyond kind of these great anecdotes, and there, there are tons of them in this about the making of Potter, of getting to like, you know, the, the weighty stuff, like the, the really like stuff that you could have totally not even included and still had a book that many people would have wanted to read. Um, the, the the true personal ups and downs. And you're, yeah. you've been really, and I, I texted you about this, I think this book is really going to help people that destigmatize rehab and and the tough times that people go through um it, like was there an iteration of this book that didn't go there and was it tough to make that decision to finally to discuss um, it not really because I'm a, I'm a bit of a writer so i write down more or less all of these stories anyway um compiling them together was the sort of tricky part and making them um, making them have a full narrative putting them to an actual chronological timeline was 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 tricky um but the, the the choice to sort of bring in more about my own personal life afterwards wasn't really in a in a, an attempt to um, to preach or to try to be any sort of self helpy. It was just more a case of it was important to me that um, if 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 the book's about me, then it has these these chapters have to be have to be written. Um, it was only afterwards, to be honest with you, it was other people um, that were encouraging. Um, lots of my friends, uh, my family. Were very supportive of saying oh no you have to put those you have to put those chapters in i mean the book opens up with me getting in trouble with the law <laughs> and, and, and that's not a story that i should have ever really shared with anyone but there it is can we say what it is because it's a it's a hell of a way to it i admire any book that begins with the tale of a young man stealing 
pornography and ends with rehab. This is this is the mark of a great storyteller. I never thought of that, but I'm going to use that quote as one of my <laughs> sort of my, my taglines. Um, yes, essentially, I was a young teenager uh, trying to trying to show off to some cool kids, uh, and I thought by stealing a DVD of a um, nefarious kind would be a quick way of, of impressing them. And I, um, needless to say, I wasn't successful. I, uh, I, I stalked the aisles for hours and I got, I got immediately picked up by security. And this is when I had bright blonde hair. I think we were doing Possible One. So there was a strong, I was banned from the store. Um, and well, that's the aspect say, that's amazing that you were already in Potter and could have like, could you imagine? I mean, you can uh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I was I was terrified, definitely. Um, again, I was encouraged by my friends and family, my brothers especially. They were like, "You have to, you have to put that chapter in. That's a good right. one." Um, also, my mum didn't know that story, so she was a little bit pissed, to be honest. <laughs> she she thought it was uh, she thought that was a bit too much, but uh, I got away with it. And then, and then on the flip side, look the, the the stuff towards the end, you handle with a lot of. I mean there's humor even in these dark stories. Like, I mean, it's, 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 it's intense stuff. I mean, this, this story of you going to rehab and then bolting and trying to get all the way back from what was it? Malibu <laughs> to Barney's beanery. I mean, is like, that's a short film right there that I wanted. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't, again, I don't want you to have to rehash it if it's painful or anything, but it's like, what was it like to, to revisit what must've been one of the most scary, intense, moments in your life yeah it took it took a little bit of time definitely uh it's, it's one thing uh i found writing a lot a lot of these um memories of mine especially the ones that were slightly you know more traumatic i found writing them down to be really cathartic and um and that part not to be too stressful you've got to be slightly disciplined and force yourself to do it because it's quite sometimes easier to just put the simpsons on and ignore it but, but once once you commit to it and say like i'm gonna i'm gonna write this part of my life down on paper that that bit is um it wasn't too bad reading it back like i did the audiobook and i really struggled for for quite a few <laughs> chapters either through laughing or giggling my way through the antics about my uh, my brothers and uh, my early yeah. early shenanigans, or um, or just getting emotional about my my you know my mom and my parents and how much they've done for me. Yeah. <laughs> so there was quite a few times in the uh, um, in the audiobook recording session where the uh, producer he couldn't see me, he could just hear me, but he could hear me also go. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you're you're right in there. Yeah, just, just give me a second. I'm fine. So it took a lot longer than I thought to get it done. But uh, yeah, writing it down wasn't too bad. But um, you know, seeing them I, written down and reading them out was 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 a little a little more tricky. I like the. Uh, I really love the chapter headings throughout the book. Oh, um, yeah, cool. <laughs> one is, one of my favorites is uh, fans or how not to be a real dick. Which yeah, I feel like any any celebrity should have that chapter, read that chapter and know, because this is an important lesson. Yeah, it was it, it was an idea I, I, I threw out early, only because I thought all the cha both chapters have a version of what I think it should be called, and then what 
I also think it should be called. And um, yeah, what the real title is, yeah. What it really yeah, I was quite like. encouraged actually to use both, so that was um, that was helpful. Yeah, that that first chapter there, first uh, fans and uh, how not to be a real dick was that was all all uh, all started with a young boy who got rather upset with me at the end of the first part of premiere uh, and calling me a dick um, and me being thinking that was terrible and uh, getting very upset about it and. Coming to realize that obviously the more this six-year-old thought I was a dick, then the better job that I must be doing. <laughs> That's what my gramps told me anyway. Well, there is an advantage to playing, you know, it's in some ways it's harder to play, uh, to, to be a, a virtuous character for decades and people expect that. You have license. If you're having a bad day, you're, you're, you can be a dick because that's what Draco should be. Draco should be a bit of a dick. I can I can get away with murder. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I mean not murder, but well, not close to it. yeah. <laughs> it's it's very true. I did wonder about that because because uh, Alan Alan Rickman um, was always very he played seem- Okay, all right. He's always seemingly very sulky, but I wonder if that was just a bit of license there, being like, well, I can be because I'm Snape. So you have you have great anecdotes about virtually all the um, adult members of the cast, these luminaries, including Alan Rickman. Um, it sounds like Alan Rickman and Ray Fiennes are the top two most intimidating folks. Is that fair to say? Are they are they the upper echelon of the folks that you don't want to catch, uh, get on the wrong side of, say the wrong thing to? Not 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 they're you know ordinary people, but they're scary. They're a little intimidating. Yes. When also you should record when in costume. I didn't. Right. Um, I never met. I never met Ray Fiennes. I never met Ray Fiennes till the to the final premiere, I think. And I even asked someone then, "Do I recognise him?" Because I'd never seen him. I'd never seen him without full Voldemort garb. And obviously, he still had a a nose, but he was all he always had a lot of green dots that were all over his face for for CGI reasons to do later. Um, so yeah, he was. But you know, who's not going to be intimidated by? Voldemort, yeah. that's fair, definitely. But Al- Alan was just, um, he had an incredible, uh, well, an incredibly slow way of talking, which was quite intimidating. <laughs> he, but he was also dressed as Snape in all of his, in all of his regalia. So, yeah. Uh, but deep down, again, both both um, both lovely, charming, kind yeah. men. Were, were, were all the kids doing impressions of the actors behind their backs? Like, did everybody have a Rickman? No, we wouldn't dare. <laughs> we wouldn't dare. Uh, no, I think we all, we, some of us would like to try and do um, um, Hagrid or McGonagall, but I don't think he, he, any of us uh, achieved much with that. Right. Maggie, Maggie Smith loves impressions of her. She's yeah. well known. I appreciate that, I'm sure. I heard that. <laughs> if you run into Ray Fiennes today, would you give him an awkward hug in honor of your uh, awkward <laughs> hug in the film? Probably. The... Yeah, I think I probably would, yeah. No, I mean, I've met Rafe uh, several times since our, our, our awkward hug. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that awkward hug in the last scene, that was it's only really awkward because it was particularly unscheduled. Um, and seeing someone as creepy as him offer you a sign of affection is... It's not something that anyone wants to see. <laughs> do you do you remember like a transition point? I know, I know, and you you said this in interviews and in the book even. I think, and I I totally get this. Like the it all blends together. It must blend together the the years because you're you're with a lot of the same crew. 
cast, sure. actors, and it's just, it must be hard to differentiate. I mean, I was going to say, like, do you remember a period of time when, like, you were adult enough to realize the opportunity and excitement of working with these luminaries? Because I know in talking to some of your, 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 your colleagues, like, it was lost on them. Like, it was lost on them at first, like, that yeah. British royalty, acting royalty, was acting opposite them. But by the end, those last couple of films, you must have realized what an opportunity. You had a, a master class in front of you every day. Yes, definitely to some degree. Um, I think that's maybe the best thing about the whole thing, though. I'm still realizing how how big of le uh, uh, how the legends are that we got to work with. Um, I genuinely thought Gary Oldman just sort of worked at the studio as, as, as one of the cleaning department. He was so so down dressed, and and I think more to the point, it wasn't the case of them. They, no one was. Um, pompous enough to treat right. themselves like an actor um and also of course when you're 12 years old you haven't seen a lot of sir richard harris's right. work or you know um or ray fines or whoever else it may be so you you discover them you discover the uh the the royalty like you say that you've been working with i think that the nice part about that is yes we definitely learn a lot <laughs> if we've learned anything as actors then I'm sure a lot of it was um, rubbed off from from being around these fantastic actors and showing us how they jump into these crazy characters. If it's you know Helena doing um, um, Bellatrix or, or Michael doing doing Dumbledore, then we we certainly learned a lot from that. But it was more a case of what they did off set. Um, right. People don't people don't realize as well when they're making a film. So much of the day is spent not filming, like just preparing or, or lining up or, or moving lights, or, which means a lot of downtime. Um, so seeing how uh, Robbie Coltrane will be the best example, how he liked to, um, you know, make fun of everyone and just keep the uh, environment, this working environment so like friendly and, uh, and, and such a pleasant place to be. That's the reason why I kind of think myself, I, I consider myself extra lucky to be uh, having a career in something that I love doing because I think we were surrounded by uh, just good good people great actors but but greater people the good combo yeah you tell you tell a bunch of great audition stories in the book from <laughs> of course the famous one that that you know got you Draco in the first place yeah but of course me being you know a glutton for punishment I love like the horror stories and your mm -hmm. your your sad experience with Anthony Hopkins must classic Horowitz this <laughs> I mean, are you scarred forever from that? Like, are yes. you, can you ever? <laughs> so, so this is an audition for the Hitchcock movie that he starred in as Hitchcock. And yes, yes. Uh, you didn't quite have the interaction that maybe you had dreamed of with the great Anthony Hopkins. No, like, uh, no, this is what not my finest hour when it came to auditioning. Um, I got the sides very last minute. I knew I wasn't right for the role. Uh, I hadn't, I've not, never seen Psycho. The film was about the making of the film Psycho. Um, I didn't know anything particularly well, but I, I knew I wasn't right for this. And I've, I've very rarely called my agent before going into an audition and said, I really don't think this is for, <laughs> for me. But I did on that occasion. And they said, just go in, as you always do, just show your face, show you know the work and, uh, and, and, trot on and then um yeah i was whispered to by uh i think it was anna faris i swear she said uh, uh, on the way to the audition she said, he's in there 
who's in there? <laughs> and I sat down across Sir Anthony Hopkins and uh, he knew straight away that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and uh, he decided to go off book. He was like, let's put the scene down. Let's just, let's just test the water with the characters. And I um, proceeded to probably babble out the worst three minutes of improv in an in a awful American accent that anyone has ever seen. Uh, and he very kindly, his, his, he had a very graceful way of saying leave, which was just, thanks very much for your time. <laughs> and I uh, sheepishly, uh, sheepishly tucked my tail and walked out of that one. But. I can validate your parking if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, I have worked with Sir Anthony, so I'm not sure if that goes on my resume. Hey. Um, I, I, speaking of auditions, when I was going through the the uh, the old IMDb, all the rumor control, here's an mm. audition supposedly you were up for. Set the record straight. Were you one of the many actors up for Han Solo way back when? Did you get a shot? Definitely not. Oh, that was, was really. Fun. Was it really? Look, there's rumors. Look, Dan, Dan has been cast as Wolverine ten different times, as you know. So, like, <laughs> okay, I'm not up to date with these things, but no, solo, okay. solo at the moment. Okay, you Star Wars guy? Not really. No, I mean I am, but I'm not. I'm not up to date. I've okay. got my basics down. I'm sort of. I'm waiting, waiting to watch it all on a big, big screen. It's uh, overwhelming. On, on rainy Sunday. It's overwhelming. There's too much. Yeah. Spe speaking of which, let's talk about like where the, the Potter universe is now, because I know you, you saw Cursed Child, I believe, right? You've seen yeah. that one. So when you when you go see a play like that, are you watching it with like a curiosity on like, oh, this is going to be interesting. See someone else interpret my character. Or are you thinking, oh, <clears throat> potential movie in five to six years, <laughs> future <laughs> employment. Here's a scout. <laughs> No, but that's a good idea. <laughs> I should think about that. No, it's quite nice. I actually went to go see Cursed Child again um, last week because um, I was I did my first run of theatre uh, around the corner from Cursed Child. I skateboarded to work every day past the Cursed Child. Imagine how I felt. I was like, this is mental. I couldn't <laughs> believe seeing that. So I went to um, I went to go see and support my um, Luca, who was playing my uh, my son Scorpius in it, and um, I met James, who plays. Draco afterwards and the three of us went out for a uh, for a for a pint of beer so that was that was kind of uh, a bit surreal three three Malfoys around one uh, <laughs> around one pub table um but it was even weirder the fact that I was sitting there I immediately text um Chris Columbus because I was just sat next to a family of I want to say Australians six seven year old uh head to toe in Slytherin garb like the hat, the, the the robes behind me. I had there was like a family of Hufflepuffs, and they can't have been they can't have been more than eight, nine, ten years old. They weren't born when these films were being made. Um, and I couldn't help but text Chris Columbus, going, "How did we get here? This is mental." Uh, <laughs> but then proceeded to watch them all, wide-eyed, watching watching hours and hours of, of fabulous theatre. So yeah, I, I get a bit of a tear in my eye, but I also just sit there in awe of how far it's come yeah if, if you were a betting man on this day do you think you'll ever play that character again i mean this is gonna everyone's gonna ask you this the rest every day the rest of your life as it will for daniel and emma and, and rupert um but it's there cursed child is there it's a good play it's a good story do you feel like you <laughs> if, I was a, if i was a betting man um i would i would definitely consider it i i do wonder though like because like it would you, one would think it would have to be all of you or nothing. And I do wonder about Daniel and Emma in particular. 
Well, wait, no, sorry. No, I'm coming back as Hermione. Oh, sorry. I'm not. (laughs) No, no, you're playing all the roles. You're doing (laughs) it's a one man (laughs) Kershaw. I've actually, I've already made it. It's a homemade film. Did it it in the lockdown? (laughs) I mean, can you imagine? Uh, No, yeah, that's not that's not happening. Um, I don't know. I don't think it will be an all or nothing thing. Um, I think I I would honestly, if they if they do continue to make more. films or tv shows in the wizarding world i'd be happy to like pop up as a uh, as an extra in the background i didn't have to as much as i'd love to 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 play draco um or malfoy again uh i'd yeah. still just love to be part of the world that'd be cool enough i think they might give you more than a background extra role <laughs> don't sell yourself short um he's talking about theater congratulations on your recent run man did it feel like this is like you know achievement unlocked like this is like a big that that's a that's a big one. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a, a big step forward in um, in my sort of learning about acting. Uh, like, uh, it's it's an obvious thing to say, but acting on stage was, was so vastly different from from the method of acting on uh, um, on films. So it took me a few weeks, more than a few weeks, of absolutely being terrified every morning, going, "There's no way I can do this. There's no way." this is going to happen to actually get to a place where I was really confident, um, comfortable, sorry, comfortable doing it. Um, yeah. The moment where I actually started to enjoy it, those days, those are the best nights ever. Um, actually going out there and knowing that you've, um, that you've, that you, that you, uh, rehearsed this enough that it's in your head. Those, those days were, uh, those were great. So yeah. Thanks, man. Are we, we going to get you to New York for either that one or a different one? Do you have your eye on another, another show? Uh, I'm not saying no. It's a definite potential. I'd love to do more theatre, and obviously, doing it, doing it on this side of the pond would be a um, yeah. bit of a dream come true. Excellent. What about uh, you? Could do the uh, you could do the one man beyond the wand, telling your stories. Like you could you could have a Vegas residency. You could just like sit there on a stool and tell your stories through interpretive dance. <laughs> I am the king of, of shitty ideas for you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll just we'll keep those trial balloons coming, Josh. We'll get Look, there one day. I'm just trying here. <laughs> how's how's Willow doing? How's your how's your dog? She's hungry. She's yeah. Uh, she's good. She's good. She's great. Um, she's a uh, four year old Labrador now. She still seems to think she's this big because she runs around the house just like colliding into everything and everyone. Um, but yeah, she's the friendliest creature in the world. She's a good good reminder. Yeah, I got I, I we my wife and I got a dog the last uh, two what have years. You got? Oh my god, she she's in the other room, but she's a okay. pit mix, and she's the sweetest. Lucy, Lucy and Willow will we'll meet one of these days. She's how the best. old? How old is uh, Lucy? She's about four herself. Yeah. She okay. Is she calm? She. You seem wary. You seem wary. Don't be. No, scared. no, no. I was. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, she calmed down because I'm waiting for Willow to calm down, and it hasn't happened yet. She she has two modes: manic and and just sleeping. You know, fifteen hours a day. So I, I of course prefer the the sleepy version of Lucy, but manic has, has its own charms. Willow's just manic or more manica. Yeah. And then level after the next. It's the same. And uh, you you were, you were saying earlier, like one of the crazy things, like this unpredictable trajectory of your relationship with Potter is like, if anything, it feels like it's bigger than ever, which doesn't happen. I mean, do you find like, are the parents and the kids both recognizing you now? Like, is it a different? 
has it evolved in the way that you're received by folks every day or is it definitely yeah that's 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 the strange thing about the um about the stories is that they're being passed down like yeah i always keep saying to my my parents like i said most people weren't born when when the most fans that come up to me and say say potter or uh, call me draco whatever they they weren't born when the first film was being made um which is insane to me that that they really are being passed down not not like just not that i want to compare it to anything else like but i feel like all all the jurassic park films are, are still going to be passed down forever like there's still some of my favorite movies but there's something about the potter stories um books films plays whatever you know all of it that that seems to be truly like transgressing um like there was a there was a couple in the uh the cursed child it was a grandfather and uh, um, uh his daughter she can't have been more than seven he looked more like 77 both head to toe in gryffindor clobber i'm not sure what else could do that <laughs> nope 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 um you're you're yeah you're part of a phenomenon you always will be and i'm glad that you wear it with grace and humility and, and good humor. Um, you're a good emissary for um, for Potter and, and for all the good that it's done. Um, it's always good to catch up with you, man. Everybody should check out, uh, we've, you know, we touched on like 2% of the fun stories in this book. Uh, Beyond the Wand is the book from uh, Mr. Tom Felton. Uh, check it out for just great remembrances of the making of, I don't know, the most iconic franchise of the last 50 years, maybe ever, who knows? Um, and it's got some um, some serious stuff in there too. It's not a self help book, as you said, but there's <laughs> there are lessons to be learned. I yeah, think. It's um, thanks for the time, man. I hope to see you and Willow in person one of these days. Thank you, brother Josh. Always good to speak to you, mate. Uh, send my love, and uh, yeah, look forward to getting the pups together one day soon. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>